friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. Welcome back to Anchored In Always. In today's episode, I will share with you from my experience so far in grieving the loss of our son to cancer. The journey from the initial loss to beginning to feel some joy again and even purpose for the future. I know everyone's story when it comes to loss of a loved one and grieving is unique and the circumstances are so very different, so I don't want to attempt to generalize this in any way. However, I wanted to share my experience with grieving so far to give you hope. If you are in the season of loss and are feeling overwhelmed by the grief, like there is no way you're ever going to feel joy again, I understand that. When our son passed on June 20th of 2020, my already broken heart from watching him go from a vibrant, healthy six-year-old little boy to losing all function and ability was now shattered into pieces as I held his limp, grayish-blue body that was already going cold in my arms. And I asked myself, how can this be real? This was my baby. He just took his last breath in this life. I was going to have to say goodbye to my child, knowing that when they wheeled him out of our house on that gurney and put him in that hearse, he would not be coming home again. There are no words to describe the feelings you have as a parent in that moment. Even as a believer and feeling the Lord's presence with us, my flesh, my mama's heart was still completely devastated and filled with intense longing for this just to not be true, for my son to come back to me. So in those moments, my grief was like a big, raw, open wound. Everything around me reminded me of that loss, and it was like salt in the wound. Even moments when I was experiencing something good or I would smile or even laugh, it would almost immediately be overshadowed by this reminder that it doesn't matter. He's still not here. Nothing's changed in my circumstance. So with that, I I began to become anxious as I wondered, would I ever be able to experience joy again without this cloud of sadness snuffing it out immediately? And I'll be honest, for me, this lasted until just recently. It's been almost 10 months since he passed. And for most of that time, this has been the case. And as I've talked to my husband, Josh, he said he felt the same way. We do see God working and moving through our suffering and our story. But until recently, I just couldn't get past the feeling of what does it really matter anyway? It's just, it's not changing our current situation. Some people in this stage will feel an overwhelming need to numb. And it's very easy to turn to things like alcohol or drugs to numb this intense pain, especially because in that moment, it may feel like it's never going to end. I initially dove into my business and the Celebrate Recovery Ministry to try to distract myself from feeling the full weight of it, but I couldn't escape it. I felt the Lord whispering to me, I see you. I see every tear. I grieve with you, but please trust me. Come to me and let me comfort you. But I was struggling with my anger at God. 
And so even though it was him that I needed the most, I was stubborn and I wouldn't turn to him. And so eventually I did turn to him and was still and let him comfort my heart and soul. Psalm 34:18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So in this first stage of grieving that can last a long time, honestly, I began to surrender my anger to him and receive comfort from him. And as I did that, slowly, that large, open, gaping wound began to heal. Just a little bit, enough where now I am beginning to have moments of joy that aren't immediately overcome with sadness. I'm beginning to see more of how God is using our son's legacy to impact people's lives and how we get to be a part of that. There is still pain. The wound is there and still open, but it's not as raw as it was initially. I know this is a common passage that a lot of people hear or read when they've lost loved ones, but really is powerful. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, verses 2 through 6. It reminded me that he is in control. He will take care of me. He's leading me to the places and the things that I need to find comfort and peace as my heart heals. The enemy wants to take me out with this grief, but my God is with me. His rod protects me. His staff directs and steers me toward the things that he knows will bring me lasting joy and comfort. I think of him preparing a table right before my enemies and thinking about the enemy wanting to destroy my marriage and destroy the ministry of recovery that Josh and I lead and how God is not even phased. I almost picture him just whistling as he's setting the table and preparing the feast. He's calmly taking us by the hand and saying, I know what he's trying to do. And I know you're hurting and scared, but keep your eyes on me. I've got you. I've got all this. Come sit at this beautiful table I prepared for you. And you know what's, what's at that table, you guys? His plans for my life. Purpose. I don't know about you, but I didn't know if I would ever feel a sense of purpose in this life again. But while Satan was trying to bring me down, God was busy working out his plan and not bothered by Satan's scheming at all. He's drawing Josh and I to himself. He's giving us a taste of what's to come. The goodness of obedience and surrender. The flavor of lives being changed all around us. As he anoints us and pours his bounty over our lives, we see the overflow all around us and are now beginning to say, Yes, Lord, trust you. You didn't bring us to this table to leave us here hungry. So being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1.6 So in this stage, the grief is still there, but so is the joy. They are able to coexist together because we can begin to see God's goodness and have a kingdom mindset. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. God didn't cause our son to have cancer so that he could accomplish his plan for our lives. 
But he is going to use our story, Marcus's life and death, and our suffering for good if we give it to him. I hope this encourages you today if you are still in that stage of mostly feeling grief with some joy and then that joy being quickly overshadowed. Keep going. Just down the road is more lasting joy. The only way you won't get there is if you stop moving forward. I'm reminded of an analogy a good friend of mine told me after Marcus was diagnosed. Even in the beginning, we were pretty open with sharing publicly about our journey, and people were saying how they were being impacted. There was this part of me, though, that was like, I don't care, God. I want lives to be impacted too, but not at the cost of my son. And she encouraged me by reminding me that God wasn't causing my son to be sick, but that each of these stories was good medicine for my soul. And I was being like a toddler whose mom was trying to give them medicine to help them feel better. And they put their hands over their mouths and they shake their heads back and forth. No, I don't want it. And she said to me, Katie, take the the medicine, each of these good stories. And I remember thinking, she's right. There could be just nothing but sadness. But instead, God was showing us the good things that were happening, even from something not good. The table is being set, and he has a feast ready for you. Despite the attacks, he's protecting. He's guiding you on the path. Just give him your hand, my friend. I truly believe that in the next season, this wound that is beginning to heal will close even more, and at some point, it will no longer be open. There will always be a scar, some tenderness there, but I have hope now that one day there will just be joy. Psalm 30 Verse 5 says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. If you're grieving today, I hope this encouraged you that there is hope for tomorrow for you. Some things I would encourage you to do as you heal that that helped me is one, find some scripture that comforts you. Start in the Psalms if you're new to the Bible. You can also download the YouVersion app on your phone and have access to tons of great devotionals on grief, loss, hope, joy, and much more. Make sure that you have people to support you. If you can find a Celebrate Recovery near you or a grief share group or set up a meeting with your pastor or a counselor, just make sure that you're taking, you're taking time to talk to someone and not isolating yourself. The enemy has a field day in our minds when we isolate. And lastly, give yourself some grace. Take the time you need as you heal. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Don't overwhelm your schedule with too much too fast. The wound will heal over time. So take the good medicine. I want to close in with a prayer over you today. Father, thank you for being the good shepherd that watches over us. As we walk through dark seasons in our lives, we can know that you are near. We may still have to stumble and fall down, and it may be scary and hurt, but you've got us, and I thank you for the promises in your word that are like medicine for our broken hearts. Help us to turn to you and take the medicine that you're offering us, to ask for what we need and to receive the help we need as we heal. I pray that the person listening today that is feeling like they are drowning in their grief will keep going, keep fighting to get to that table that you're preparing just for them. Thank you for the promise of heaven and that we have the opportunity to see our loved ones again in heaven. Help us to keep a kingdom mindset as we navigate the trials of this life and to be able to experience the fullness of joy and and even purpose in our pain again. It's in your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored In Always. I will put the group link in the show notes. You can also email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Another way you can do this is to take a quick minute and subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.